Section 89 of The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Novella Serena. The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. Part 2. Book the Seventh. Chapter 4 satan suddenly the sleeper awoke she sat up with a sudden and gracious dignity of movement her fair silken tresses falling in soft disorder then stretching herself she yawned like a tigress in the rising sun perhaps gwynplaine breathed heavily as we do when we endeavour to restrain our respiration is any one there said she she yawned as she spoke and her very yawn was graceful Gwynplaine listened to the unfamiliar voice, the voice of a charmer, its accents exquisitely haughty, its caressing intonation softening its native arrogance. Then, rising on her knees, there is an antique statue kneeling thus in the midst of a thousand transparent folds. She drew the dressing-gown towards her, and springing from the couch stood upright. In the twinkling of an eye the silken robe was around her. The trailing sleeve concealed her hands, only the tips of her toes, with little pink nails like those of an infant, were left visible. Having drawn from underneath the dressing-gown a mass of hair which had been imprisoned by it, she crossed behind the couch to the end of the room, and placed her ear to the painted mirror, which was, apparently, a door. Tapping the glass with her finger, she called, "'Is any one there? Lord David, are you come already? What time is it, then? Is that you, Bacchelfedro?' She turned from the glass. No, it was not there. Is there anyone in the bathroom? Will you answer? Of course not. No one could come that way. Going to the silver lace curtain, she raised it with her foot, thrust it aside with her shoulder, and entered the marble room. An agonized numbness fell upon Gwynplaine. No possibility of concealment. It was too late to fly. Moreover, he was no longer equal to the exertion. He wished that the earth might open and swallow him up, anything to hide him. She saw him. She stared, immensely astonished, but without the slightest nervousness. Then, in a tone of mingled pleasure and contempt, she said, Why, it is Gwynplaine. Suddenly, with a rapid spring, for this cat was a panther, she flung herself on his neck. Suddenly, pushing him back, and holding him by both shoulders with her small claw-like hands she stood up face to face with him and began to gaze at him with a strange expression it was a fatal glance she gave him with her aldebaran-like eyes a glance at once equivocal and star-like gwynplaine watched the blue eye and the black eye distracted by the double ray of heaven and of hell that shone in the orbs thus fixed on him the man and the woman threw a malign dazzling reflection one on the other. Both were fascinated, he by her beauty, she by his deformity. Both were in a measure awe-stricken, pressed down as by an overwhelming weight. He was speechless. Oh, she cried, how clever you are! You are come. You found out that I was obliged to leave London. You followed me. That was right. Your being here proves you to be a wonder." The simultaneous return of self-possession acts like a flash of lightning. 
Gwynplaine, indistinctly warned by a vague, rude, but honest misgiving, drew back, but the pink nails clung to his shoulders and restrained him. Some inexorable power proclaimed its sway over him. He himself, a wild beast, was caged in a wild beast's den. She continued, Anne, the fool, you know whom I mean, the queen, ordered me to Windsor without giving any reason. When I arrived she was closeted with her idiot of a chancellor. But how did you contrive to obtain access to me? That's what I call being a man. Obstacles, indeed. There are no such things. You come at a call. You found things out. My name, the Duchess Josiana, you knew, I fancy. Who was it brought you in? No doubt it was the page. Oh, he is clever. I will give him a hundred guineas. Which way did you get in? Tell me. No, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Explanations diminish interest. I prefer the marvellous, and you are hideous enough to be wonderful. You've fallen from the highest heavens, or you've risen from the depths of hell through the devil's trap-door. Nothing can be more natural. The ceiling opened, or the floor yawned. A descent in a cloud, or an ascent in a mass of fire and brimstone, that is how you have travelled. You have a right to enter like the gods. Agreed. You are my lover. Gwynplaine was scared, and listened, his mind growing more irresolute every moment. Now all was certain, impossible to have any further doubt. That letter! The woman confirmed its meaning. Gwynplaine the lover— and the beloved of a duchess. Mighty pride, with its thousand baleful heads, stirred his wretched heart. Vanity, that powerful agent within us, works us measureless evil. The duchess went on. Since you are here, it is so decreed. I ask nothing more. There is some one on high or in hell who brings us together. The betrothal of Styx and Aurora. Unbridled ceremonies beyond all laws. The very day I first saw you, I said, It is he. I recognize him. He is the monster of my dreams. He shall be mine. We should give destiny a helping hand. Therefore I wrote to you. One question, Gwynplaine. Do you believe in predestination? For my part, I have believed in it since I read in Cicero, Scipio's dream. Ah, I did not observe it. Dressed like a gentleman. You in fine clothes. Why not? You are a mountebank. All the more reason. A juggler is as good as a lord. Moreover, what are lords? Clowns. You have a noble figure. You are magnificently made. It is wonderful that you should be here. When did you arrive? How long have you been here? Did you see me naked? I am beautiful, am I not? I was going to take my bath. Oh, how I love you! You read my letter. Did you read it yourself? Did anyone read it to you? Can you read? Probably you are ignorant. I ask questions, but don't answer them. I don't like the sound of your voice. It is soft. An extraordinary thing like you should snarl and not speak. You sing harmoniously. I hate it. It is the only thing about you that I do not like. All the rest is terrible, is grand. In India you would be a god. Were you born with that frightful laugh on your face? No. No doubt it is a penal brand. I do hope you have committed some crime. Come to my arms. She sank on the couch and made him sit beside her. They found themselves close together unconsciously. What she had said passed over Gwynplaine like a mighty storm. He hardly understood the meaning of her whirlwind of words. 
her eyes were full of admiration she spoke tumultuously frantically and with a voice broken and tender her words were music but their music was to gwynplaine as a hurricane again she fixed her gaze upon him and continued i feel degraded in your presence and oh what happiness that is how insipid it is to be a grandee i am noble what can be more tiresome disgrace is a comfort i am so satiated with respects that i long for contempt we are all a little erratic from venus cleopatra mesdames de chevreuse and de longueville down to myself i will make a display of you i declare here's a love affair which will be a blow to my family the stuarts i breathe again i have discovered a secret i am clear of royalty to be free from its trammels is indeed deliverance to break down defy make and destroy at will that is true enjoyment listen i love you she paused then with a frightful smile went on i love you not only because you are deformed but because you are low i love monsters and i love mountebanks a lover despised mocked grotesque hideous exposed to laughter on that pillory called a theatre has for me an extraordinary attraction it is tasting the fruit of hell an infamous lover how exquisite to taste the apple not of paradise but of hell such is my temptation it is for that i hunger and thirst i am that eve the eve of the depths probably you are unknown to yourself a devil i am in love with a nightmare you are a moving puppet of which the strings are pulled by a spectre you are the incarnation of infernal mirth you are the master i require i wanted a lover such as those of medea and canidia i felt sure that some night would bring me such a one you are all that i want i am talking of a heap of things of which you probably know nothing gwynplaine hitherto i have remained untouched i give myself to you pure as a burning ember you evidently do not believe me but if only you knew how little i care her words flowed like a volcanic eruption pierce mount etna and you may contain some idea of that jet of fiery eloquence gwynplaine stammered madam she placed her hand on his mouth silence she said i am studying you i am unbridled desire immaculate i am a vestal bacchant no man has known me and i might be the virgin pythoness at delphis and have under my naked foot the bronze tripod where the priests lean their elbows on the skin of the python whispering questions to the invisible god my heart is of stone but it is like those mysterious pebbles which the sea washes to the foot of the rock called huntley nab at the mouth of the tees and which if broken are found to contain a serpent that serpent is my love a love which is all-powerful for it has brought you to me an impossible distance was between us i was in sirius and you were in alioth you have crossed the immeasurable space and here you are tis well be silent take me she ceased he trembled then she went on smiling you see gwynplaine to dream is to create to desire is to summon to build up the chimera is to provoke the reality the all-powerful and terrible mystery will not be defied it produces results you are here do i dare to go cast yes do i dare to be your mistress your concubine your slave your chattel joyfully gwynplaine i am woman 
woman is clay longing to become mire i want to despise myself that lends a zest to pride the alloy of greatness is baseness they combine in perfection despise me you who are despised nothing can be better degradation on degradation what joy i pluck the double blossom of ignominy trample me under foot you will only love me the more i am sure of it do you understand why i idolize you because i despise you you are so immeasurably below me that i place you on an altar bring the highest and lowest depths together and you have chaos and i delight in chaos chaos the beginning and end of everything what is chaos a huge blot out of that blot god made light and out of that sink the world you don't know how perverse i can be net a star in mud and you will have my likeness she went on a wolf to all beside a faithful dog to you how astonished they will all be the astonishment of fools is amusing i understand myself am i a goddess amphitrite gave herself to the cyclops fluctivoma amphitrite am i a fairy Ergoli gave herself to bugrix a winged man with eight webbed hands am i a princess marie stuart had rizzio three beauties three monsters i am greater than they for you are lower than they gwynplaine we were made for one another the monster that you are outwardly i am within thence my love for you a caprice just so what is a hurricane but a caprice our stars have a certain affinity together we are things of night you in your face i in my mind as your countenance is defaced so is my mind you in your turn create me you come and my real soul shows itself i did not know it it is astonishing your coming has evoked the hydra in me who am a goddess you reveal my real nature see how i resemble you look at me as if i were a mirror your face is my mind i did not know i was so terrible i am also then a monster oh gwynplaine do you amuse me she laughed a strange and childlike laugh and putting her mouth close to his ear whispered do you want to see a madwoman look at me she poured her searching look into gwynplaine a look is a filter her loosened robe provoked a thousand dangerous feelings blind animal ecstasy was invading his mind ecstasy combined with agony whilst she spoke though he felt her words like burning coals his blood froze within his veins he had not strength to utter a word she stopped and looked at him oh monster she cried she grew wild suddenly she seized his hands gwynplaine i am the throne you are the footstool let us join on the same level oh how happy i am in my fall i wish all the world could know how abject i am become it would bow down all the lower the more man abhors the more does he cringe it is human nature hostile but reptile dragon but worm oh i am as depraved as are the gods they can never say that i am not a king's bastard i act like a queen who was rhodope but a queen loving Batay, a man with a crocodile's head she raised the third pyramid in his honour penthesilia loved the centaur who being now a star is named sagittarius and what do you say about anne of austria mazarin was ugly enough now you are not only ugly you are deformed ugliness is mean 
deformity is grand ugliness is the devil's grin behind beauty deformity is the reverse of sublimity it is the back view olympus has two aspects one by day shows apollo the other by night shows polyphemus you you are a titan you would be behemoth in the forests leviathan in the deep and typhon in the sewer you surpass everything there is the trace of lightning in your deformity your face has been battered by the thunderbolt the jagged contortion of forked lightning has imprinted its mark on your face it struck you and passed on a mighty and mysterious wrath has in a fit of passion cemented your spirit in a terrible and superhuman form hell is a penal furnace where the iron called fatality is raised to a white heat you have been branded with it to love you is to understand grandeur i enjoy that triumph to be in love with apollo a fine effort forsooth glory is to be measured by the astonishment it creates i love you i have dreamt of you night after night this is my palace you shall see my gardens there are fresh springs under the shrubs arbors for lovers and beautiful groups of marble statuary by bernini flowers there are too many during the spring the place is on fire with roses did i tell you that the queen is my sister do what you like with me i am made for jupiter to kiss my feet and for satan to spit in my face are you of any religion i am a papist my father james the second died in france surrounded by jesuits i have never felt before as i feel now that i am near you oh how i should like to pass the evening with you in the midst of music both reclining on the same cushion under a purple awning in a gilded gondola on the soft expanse of ocean insult me beat me kick me cuff me treat me like a brute i adore you caresses can roar if you doubt it observe the lions the woman was horrible and yet full of grace the effect was tragic first he felt the claw then the velvet of the paw a feline attack made up of advances and retreats there was death as well as sport in this game of come and go she idolized him but arrogantly the result was contagious frenzy fatal language at once inexpressible violent and sweet the insulter did not insult the adorer outraged the object of adoration she who buffeted deified him her tones imparted to her violent yet amorous words an indescribable promethean grandeur according to aeschylus in the orgies in honour of the great goddess the women were smitten by this evil frenzy when they pursued the satyrs under the stars such paroxysms raged in the mysterious dances in the grove of dodona this woman was as if transfigured if indeed we can term that transfiguration which is the antithesis of heaven her hair quivered like a mane her robe opened and closed the sunshine of the blue eye mingled with the fire of the black one she was unearthly gwynplaine giving way felt himself vanquished by the deep subtlety of this attack i love you she cried and she bit him with a kiss homeric clouds were perhaps about to be required to encompass gwynplaine and josiana as they did jupiter and juno for Gwynplaine to be loved by a woman who could see and who saw him, to feel on his deformed mouth the pressure of divine lips, was exquisite and maddening. Before this woman, full of enigmas, all else faded away in his mind. The remembrance of Dea struggled in the shadows with weak cries. There is an antique bas-relief representing the sphinx devouring a cupid. The wings of the sweet celestial are bleeding between the fierce, grinning fangs. Did Gwynplaine love this woman? 
has man like the globe two poles are we on our inflexible axis a moving sphere a star when seen from afar mud when seen more closely in which night alternates with day has the heart two aspects one on which its love is poured forth in light the other in darkness here a woman of light there a woman of the sewer angels are necessary is it possible that demons are also essential has the soul the wings of the bat does twilight fall fatally for all is sin an integral and inevitable part of our destiny must we accept evil as part and portion of our whole do we inherit sin as debt what awful subjects for thought yet a voice tells us that weakness is a crime gwynplaine's feelings are not to be described the flesh life terror lust an overwhelming intoxication of spirits and all the shame possible to pride was he about to succumb she repeated i love you and flung her frenzied arms about him gwynplaine panted suddenly close at hand there rang clear and distinct a little bell it was the little bell inside the wall the duchess turning her head said what does she want of me quickly with the noise of a spring door quickly with the noise of a spring door the silver panel with the golden crown chased on it opened a compartment of a shaft lined with royal blue velvet appeared and on a golden salver a letter the letter broad and weighty was placed so as to exhibit the seal which was a large impression in red wax the bell continued to tinkle the open panel almost touched the couch where the duchess and gwynplaine were sitting leaning over but still keeping her arm round his neck she took the letter from the plate and touched the panel the compartment closed in and the bell ceased ringing the duchess broke the seal and opening the envelope drew out two documents contained therein and flung it on the floor at gwynplaine's feet the impression of the broken seal was still decipherable and gwynplaine could distinguish a royal crown over the initial a the torn envelope lay open before him so that he could read to her grace the duchess josiana the envelope had contained both vellum and parchment the former was a small the latter a large document on the parchment was a large chancery seal in green wax called lord's sealing wax the face of the duchess whose bosom was palpitating and whose eyes were swimming with passion became overspread with a slight expression of dissatisfaction ah oh, she said what does she send me a lot of papers what a spoil-sport that woman is pushing aside the parchment she opened the vellum it is her handwriting it is my sister's hand it is quite provoking gwynplaine i asked you if you could read can you gwynplaine nodded assent she stretched herself at full length on the couch carefully drew her feet and arms under her robe with a whimsical affectation of modesty and giving gwynplaine the vellum watched him with an impassioned look well you are mine begin your duties my beloved read me what the queen writes gwynplaine took the vellum unfolded it and in a voice tremulous with many emotions began to read madam we are graciously pleased to send to you herewith sealed and signed by our trusty and well-beloved william cowper lord high chancellor of england a copy of a report showing forth the very important fact that the legitimate son of linnaeus lord clancharlie has just been discovered and recognized bearing the name of gwynplaine in the lowest rank of a wandering and vagabond life among strollers and mountebanks his false position dates from his earliest days 
in accordance with the laws of the country and in virtue of his hereditary rights lord fermain clancharlie son of lord linnaeus will be this day admitted and installed in his position in the house of lords therefore having regard to your welfare and wishing to preserve for your use the property and estates of lord clancharlie of hunkerville we substitute him in the place of lord david dearymore and recommend him to your good graces we have caused lord fermain to be conducted to corleone lodge we will and command as sister and as queen that the said fermain lord clancharlie hitherto called gwynplaine shall be your husband and that you shall marry him such is our royal pleasure while gwynplaine in tremulous tones which varied at almost every word was reading the document the duchess half risen from the couch listened with fixed attention when gwynplaine finished she snatched the letter from his hands anne r she murmured in a tone of abstraction then picking up from the floor the parchment she had thrown down she ran her eye over it it was the confession of the shipwrecked crew of the matutina embodied in a report signed by the sheriff of southwark and by the lord chancellor having perused the report she read the queen's letter over again then she said be it so and calmly pointing with her finger to the door of the gallery through which he had entered she added be gone gwynplaine was petrified and remained immovable she repeated in icy tones since you are my husband be gone gwynplaine speechless and with eyes downcast like a criminal remained motionless she added you have no right to be here it is my lover's place gwynplaine was like a man transfixed very well said she i must go myself so you are my husband nothing can be better i hate you she rose and with an indescribably haughty gesture of adieu left the room the curtain in the doorway of the gallery fell behind her end of section eighty nine recording by novella serena